an awesome day and awesome worship. It's been a, it's been a good day. Uh, everybody here and awake and alive? All right. Woo, it's good. It's good. Man, we had a great message last week. Uh, Pastor Tony did an incredible job and, uh, man, he really brought some truth last week. I thought it was incredible. And, uh, you know, he also had a baby born this past week. Uh, baby Libby Kate. She's a cutie. And, uh, man, uh, went and saw them in the hospital, uh, this past week and, uh, just, uh, Reminds you how amazing God is when he knits a baby together and you hold that little baby. Something powerful about that. And so we were in a series, and uh, so Tony did an incredible job last week. I got to go back and listen to the message, and we were out last week, and, uh, but it's always cool to have a great team. We have great pastors, great teachers, and so I love being able to say, you know what, you guys have got it, and they do an incredible job with that. So thanks to uh, Pastor Daniel and Brandon and, and Tony, they've done an incredible job, and so uh, look forward to what God has in store for our church this year. A couple of things I wanted to talk about today, or the, the focus of today, is if I only had courage. Now, I don't know what popped into your mind, but one of the things that popped into my mind was the Wizard of Oz and what? The lion, right? If I only had courage, you know, and, uh, and that's, he, to me, he was one of the funny scenes in the, in the Wizard of Oz. You know, he's sitting there and he's talking. He's, he's a big coward. She pops him on the nose. Uh, actually, Karen and I were upstairs watching that little scene this morning and just laughing. You know, but a lot of times we uh, we say, if only I had, you know, blank, whatever that might be. You know, we've talked about it. if I had discipline, if I had more time. You know, we, we, we often wish, you know, and we've got to be willing to say, you know what, God, help me to be a good steward of what I have been given. But God, also I ask you to give me certain things. But God, some of these things God tells us to take. He says, hey, listen, I want you to have. I want you to grab this. And so if you've got your outlines, kind of follow along with me today. We're talking about courage. And so courage is, it says the Greek word translated courage and good cheer. Jesus said, hey, be of good cheer. Whenever he was walking on the water towards the disciples, they were afraid. He says, be of good cheer. It is I. And and so means literally boldness and confidence. Boldness and confidence. And oftentimes what we do is the Bible tells us to ask for wisdom and God gives it, right? But there are times that God just says, hey, listen, be courageous. He tells you to be that. You know, it's not like, hey, listen, God, will you help me to be courageous? He's saying, you be courageous. You be brave. You be bold. You be confident. You know, he's telling us something. It's a command that we're to be those things. And too often we're going, God, help me to be. And he said, I'm telling you to be those things. Because of what I've done, you can be courageous. You can be bold. You can be confident. I love this, this quote here from Winston Churchill. It says, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. Fear is a reaction. There's things that happen. You know, I don't know about you guys. How many of you guys like to scare people? Be honest. Raise your hand. I know Daniel does. All right, so you, you like to scare people. All right, and so I don't know about you, but I watch a lot of the YouTube where people get scared, you know, where somebody has scared somebody or whatever, and I, I can't help it. It's always funny, you know. And, and so the thing is, is, you know, fear is a reaction. We, we jump back, you know, that people fall down. They freak out. I mean, there's, there's one where they were going through a scary uh, like a, a haunted house or something like that. And the pictures that they would capture when these people were scared are hilarious, you know. And so, but fear is a reaction. But courage is a decision. Courage is a decision. Before you ever get in the battle, you've already made that decision. You know, hey, before this ever, before anything ever happens, I think about some of our military that they've trained, they've prepared before they ever get to a battle. They've already made the decision. Now, you know, here's the thing. Fear is a reaction, but courage is a decision. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, you know, God, help me to make the wise choice. Help me to make the, the right decision. Look at what Nelson Mandela said here. I love this quote. He said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not, the, the, the brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, 
but he who conquers that fear. We have the power and the authority in us as believers, as followers of Christ, that we can literally conquer fear. God said, I have not given you a spirit of fear of timidity, but of power and a sound mind. And so God is saying, hey, listen, I have given you something. I've given you courage. I've given you boldness. I've given you confidence. Now be that. And too often we cower away or we back down. And so I want us to look at what are some of the things that maybe we need courage to do. And I would say number one is courage to step out. I think there's a time that we need to be willing to say, God, I trust you. I think back to, you know, uh, you know Jesus walking to the disciples in the boat, you know, and, and Peter was willing to step out of the boat. Lord, if it's you, call me to you. You know, and, and so he says, come on, boy, come on, big boy, get out of the boat. And so Peter steps out, and there's times that we've got to be willing to step out. We've got to have courage. And, and so as long as Peter was focused on Christ, you know, man, he was good. He was walking on water. He's there, and he was making a difference. But all of a sudden, he took his eyes off Jesus. He began to look at the, the, the wind and the waves, and he began to fear, and he, he, he goes down. But it says boldness and confidence. And so look at what it says here. This is the very first message I ever, I ever taught. You're talking about fear. I remember whenever my youth pastor asked me to speak on a Wednesday night. He said, Mike, I want you to teach on a Wednesday night. And so, man, I had studied, I had prepared, I had this 20-minute message that I was going to do that I went through like a Gatlin gun. I mean, it was like, brrr, I talked fast anyway. And, man, when I was scared to death, I talked even faster. And uh, it was literally about a five-minute message. But it was off of this passage right here. And I don't know if I was preaching to myself more than I was preaching to anybody in the room. But it was, listen to what it says. This is God speaking to Joshua, he says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I will give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the, le- to the right or to the left, and then you'll be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so, I, 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 maybe that was for me. You know, hey, Mike, you know, you're, you're teaching a message. You know, hey, this, you know here's, some, here's some scripture that will encourage you to know that, you know what, if you'll go do what I tell you to do, I'm with you. And maybe that's what I needed. Maybe I needed to hear that. You know, you know, God, if I'm doing your will, God, if I am on your, on your purpose and on your plan, then God, you're going you're to use me. You're going to do what you want to do. And so I think it's important for us to realize, you know what the God said, hey, be strong. He's not, he's not saying, hey, listen, I'll give you. He said, hey, be strong, be courageous, be bold, be confident. And I love that. And so there's some of you in this room that maybe you need to hear that. Hey, step out. What's he calling you to do? Is he calling you to write a book? Then write a book. He's calling you to go out and start a ministry. Start a ministry. Make sure it's God. Here's the thing. Make sure it's God and it's what God wants to do. It's his agenda. Maybe it's to take that job. You know, oftentimes we, we go, you know, hey, I want to take this job, but, man, I don't know. You know, I, I may have to move my family. I may have to move to a different town. But if God is in it, here's the thing. Trust him. You know, and, and, and step out. Trust him. Take that step. Maybe, maybe there's something else that God is wanting you to do, but he's wanting you to take a step. He's wanting you to trust him. And so every time I, I think back to this passage, I think back to what Joshua was doing. You know, you think about it, he's following Moses, who has been the greatest leader, who has led them out of captivity. And, and here's the thing. Moses had told Joshua the same thing. Hey, be strong and of good courage. He said, hey, listen, be bold, be brave, go out and lead these people. You're the man now. You're going to take it and you're going to run with it. And then God comes in and affirms him as well. God buries Moses and he says, Joshua, you're the guy. 
You're going to, you need to step up. You need to step out. You, listen, you're going to be the one to take them and go. And so some of you need to hear that. The God is saying, hey, listen, you are who I want to use to, to accomplish great things. And, and maybe it's to start a Bible study. You know, maybe it's, you know, you're sitting there going, you know what, hey, man, I, I work with a lot of lost people. I work with people that have no hope. I work with people who, man, are, are struggling. They're searching for, for, for just answers. And so what if I were to start a Bible study at my workplace? So I don't know, man. I don't know if they'll ostracize me. I don't know if they'll kick me to the curb. I don't know if they won't want to have anything to do with me. Maybe they'll think I'm a holy roller. Step out. Give it a shot. Maybe it's to be a life group leader. You know, you think, well, you know, I, I want to be a life group leader, but I don't know if I know enough about the Bible. Here's the thing, we're all learning still. I've been saved since I was 19, I'm 53, I'm still learning every day. And so maybe it's to, to lead a Bible study, to host one, to allow people to come into your home. And I know how people are, a lot of times they're like, well, I don't want people to come to my home. They may see something or they may be offended by something. Hey, listen, just t- step out. In just a couple of weeks, we're going to be kicking off life groups. And, and maybe that's a place where you can let your home be a place of life change. What a great thing to say about your home. This is where the Word of God is studied. This is where people are encouraged and affirmed and challenged. And so maybe open up your home and say, hey, listen, I want to be a host home. I want to be a part of something. I want to be a part of what God is doing here at Journey Church. I want to be a part of what God is doing in my community. And so courage to step out. Here's the next one, courage to follow Christ. You know, we, we present the gospel every week. We, we offer an opportunity for someone to respond. Last week, there were six to eight professions of faith. And, and let me tell you, we are in a very blessed church congregation and I, I hope you guys don't ever take this for granted but nearly every week we see people that will put their faith in christ for salvation we'll lead them through a prayer of salvation we'll give them an opportunity to respond to christ by faith and there are people that will raise their hand and they'll say hey mike i want to give my life to christ i want to receive the gift of salvation i want christ to come and live within me and let me tell you that's a powerful thing i know churches that don't get to experience that very regular you would think they would you, I mean, you would think that every church should be exploding and growing. But here's the thing. The church is designed to grow. The church is designed to explode. What holds it back are the people. We get in the way of it. We, we want to be comfortable. We want it to be our way. You know, and here's the thing. is We've got to be willing to say, God, it's about your kingdom. It's about your glory. And so, God, we, we want to see the kingdom expanded. We want to see the lost saved. And, and, and here's, there's, there's so many times when we, I've heard people say, well, you know, I just don't know if I would be accepted there. Here at Journey, you are. I remember people saying, you know, I just don't have the right clothes. It ain't about clothes. It's about you just being here. We want you to be here. You know, and so I, I remember reaching a guy one time when I was in college. His name was Mike Hatcher. And I led Mike to the Lord. I led his wife to the Lord by their breakfast table one Saturday morning. And, and I remember trying to, you know, telling Mike, hey, man, come on, let's go to church. And he said, hey, listen, man. He said, we're going to go get some clothes. We don't have any church clothes. He said, what you've got on is fine. Don't worry about church clothes, man. And so they end up going to a thrift store and buying old suits and little ties and everything. And I'm thinking, and man, when he showed up, I was like, why in the world did you go buy that? But he wanted to fit in because he didn't think he would be accepted at the church because of his clothes. I said, dude, your jeans and your sweatshirt look way better. You know what I'm saying? And so, but it took him a while to figure that out. Hey, man, we don't have to dress up in an old suit and a little skinny tie to fit in here at this church. And so what we want people to do is feel like, you know what, hey, man, I'm accepted here. But there's a couple things. Courage to follow Christ. And I would say this in baptism. In baptism. Week after week, we see people raise their hand. Say, Mike, I just prayed to receive Christ. That was me. I I just I prayed that prayer with you. But here's what I'm saying is a lot of times we don't see those people follow through in believer's baptism. 
Now, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. I want to be clear about that. You do not have to be baptized to be saved. But it's a dead gum good indicator that you are whenever you say, hey, listen, I want to be identified with Christ. I want to put on the uniform. I want to let everybody know that I'm, I'm part of this team. I am part of the family of God. I am part of the body of Christ. And I don't care what anybody thinks. I want them to know I'm in. I'm all in. Jesus was all in. I want to be all in. And so it is a real good indicator that you're a follower of Christ whenever you follow him. Wouldn't you agree with that? Heck yeah. Man, here's the thing. We ought to be willing to say, hey, listen, if I'm following Christ, I ought to be doing something that he did. And I don't know if you've read the scriptures, but he was baptized. He went to John, and John said, hey, Lord, I don't think I should be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. He goes, listen, in order for scripture to be fulfilled, this needs to take place. And so John the Baptist had the privilege of baptizing the very Son of God and it says whenever he came up out of the water, the heavens opened up and the Spirit of the Lord fell in, 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 a, in the form of a dove and said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And so here's the thing. I'm just telling you, whenever we follow Christ, God says, hey, listen, I am well pleased with the steps you're taking. And so you've got to have the courage. And I, listen, I can identify with that. I, my biggest fear in life was getting up in front of people. So getting saved was a big deal. I've shared that story many times where I would sit over there in the corner and I would think, you know, man, I want to give my life to Christ. And I thought you had to come to the front to get saved. But I would always want to, you know, want to make that decision. But finally one night I came down forward. I gave my life to Christ. And man, I wanted to be saved. And and the pastor said, he he goes, son, what are you coming forward for? I said, I really don't know. I said, I just know I need Jesus in my life. He goes, we can take care of that. And I pray the same prayer that I lead people through at the end of every service. And it changed my life forever. And I remember, you know, the guy that kind of talked to me, he said, hey, listen, Mike, you need to follow Christ in believers' baptism. And I was like, okay, when is that? He told me, you know, whatever the date was. And I was like, man, I'm not doing that. Because I was afraid. And there was nobody that came along and talked to me and, and told me, hey, listen, this is the next step. This is really what you ought to do. You know, and, and begin to walk with me. That's why we have the VIP room. We want to help you with the next steps. And so I remember just going, I'll be okay, I'll be good. And so it was months that went by. And I remember thinking, man, I'll probably fall in a gum pool up there, you know. I'll trip and fall in. And, and if, if I do, so what? I, I, I get baptized, right, you know. But the thing is, is in my mind, I'll, I'm going to mess up, you know, and, and everybody will laugh or whatever, or I'll, I'll, I'll mess it up somehow. And I can remember standing in the back, and we had to put on white robes or whatever, which felt weird to me. But anyway, so we put on these robes, and we come down into the water, and I can remember thinking, man, I was shaking all over. And I'm thinking, why? Afterwards, but on the way in, man, I'm shaking all over. But it took courage to follow Christ in believer's baptism for me. And I know that some of you are struggling with that. Or else you would have already followed Christ in believer's baptism. You would have already said, you know what? I know it doesn't save me, but I want to identify with him. I want to put on the uniform. I think about some, I went, I saw where a friend of mine, his son was, uh, went to play football at a college up in, up north and, and, one, and I took a couple of pictures of the, of the facilities and everything. And he took pictures of the mannequins with the uniforms on. And that's a big deal. Because what you do is whenever you put on those colors, whenever you put on that uniform, you're identifying with that team. You guys are the same way. You want your certain colors. It's got to be orange and blue or crimson and white or whatever it might be. And so you want to identify with that team. And so here's what I'm saying. As a, as a follower of Christ, when it comes to baptism, you are identifying. You say, hey, listen, I want to be one. I want to be one with my team, with my family. I want to follow Christ. I want to identify. I want to go public. And, and I love this passage. Listen to what it says here. It says, well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death? 
For we died and were buried and with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And what, what, listen what he's saying. Hey, listen. If you have identified with Christ, you have died to the old way of living. You're not continuing to try to do the same things. Just say, hey, listen, I'm a Christian now because I prayed a prayer. But you're saying, hey, listen, I'm following him. I'm going to follow him in baptism. I'm going to die to the old way of thinking. And what that is, that water is a symbol of being laid down into a grave, being raised by the power of the resurrection into a new life, walking in authority, walking with with Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So here's the thing. You're saying, you know what? It is symbolic, kind of like that wedding ring right there. That wedding ring right there says that I'm married. It is a symbol. But the decision was made in my heart. Baptism is the same thing. It's an outward expression of an inward change. And so we don't continue to sin. We don't continue to live the same way we've always lived. We go, you know what? I'm a child of God. I am different. Listen, I love this, this quote here from, or this statement here about Martin Luther. It says, Martin Luther was famous for fighting against sin and Satan by preaching to himself, I'm baptized. I'm baptized. He saw the visible external act of baptism as an objective pointer to the invisible internal reality of new birth and the, and the faith through which he was saved on the basis of Christ alone. Listen to what he was saying. There were certain times that he would be struggling with something. He goes, man, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Christ. I've been baptized. I am born again. I cannot walk down this road any longer. And I'm telling you, we need to say that sometimes. There's sometimes whenever you're watching a certain thing on TV, you need to go, man, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ. You get around certain buddies and they begin to start dropping bombs left and right. And you go, you know what, man, I can't talk like that. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm an ambassador of Jesus. You know, there's certain parties that people want you to go to. You say, man, I would love to go and I love you guys, but man, I can't be in that environment. I'm a follower of Christ. It's okay to have the courage to say that. And so John, Martin Luther is saying, hey, listen, I am baptized. I am a child of God. I am born again. I have been saved. I have been redeemed. And I need to walk like that. I need to live like that. God, give me the courage to do that. And so we as believers, as followers of Christ, have got to have the courage to follow Christ through believers' baptism. There's a card in your, in your seat right here. You, you look at the back of that. It says, hey, the next step and follow Christ. Take the next step and follow Christ in believers' baptism. Next Sunday, we're baptizing. And if you've never been baptized as a believer, man, put your name on the card. Put it in there. Let's go ahead and get a plan. And this is the other thing I would say. Invite all your friends and all your family to come and see you go public. You identify with Christ. You know what they might say? I want what he's got. I want what she's got. I want the peace that passes understanding. I want to know that I'm saved. I want to know what it means to be born again. And so invite all your friends that don't know him. And who knows, maybe God will use your baptism as, as literally a catalyst in their life. Here's the other thing. Courage to follow Christ by being discipled or discipling someone. There's some of us in this room that we've been the same age spiritually for years and years and years. I talked about a while ago that I was 19 when I got saved. I'm 53 now. Thank God someone discipled me. You know what? And also, I've had the opportunity to disciple others. And there's some of you that need the courage to say, you know what? Hey, I need to be discipled. I need to teach. I need to be taught. And then, you know what? I have the courage. I need to have the courage to teach someone. And so being discipled is important. Get someone to pour into you. Have the courage to get around some men. If you're a guy, get around some men that you can be honest with and transparent with and let them know, hey, man, I'm struggling. I had a guy the other day I went hunting with, and I, the first time I'd ever met him. And anyway, we got to talking, and he said, listen, he said, man, he said, uh, he said, you know, I, I feel like I need to go back and learn the basics all over again. 
He said, here I am, I'm 50 years old, man. He said, and I feel like I don't know enough about the Bible. I feel like I need to go back and, and learn the basics. I said, you know what, let me tell you something I've heard people say before. One of the best things they ever did was whenever they, start, whenever they became a believer, they started teaching in the children's ministry. I said, you know why? I said, because they were learning the basics again. They were learning the basics, and they were going, you know what? Man, I need a foundation. I need, to, I need to be building on a good foundation. I said, so they started teaching in children's ministry, and what they were teaching the children, they were learning, and they were laying a solid foundation for themselves. And he goes, I almost feel like I need to do that. I said, well, then do it. Here's the thing. Are we going to let pride rob us of, of going back and saying, hey, listen, this is what I need? Or do we want to put on a show? We want to put on the, you know, the air that, hey, we've got it all together. But I think it's awesome whenever you can be transparent and say, hey, listen, I got to go back and start all over again. I need to lay a good foundation. I got saved, but man, I really haven't grown since that point. Then, hey, man, let's get in a group. Let's get in a, around some other men and be disciples. That's what Jesus did. He, he had 12 guys and he changed the world. And those guys began to invest in other guys as well. So about being discipled or discipling someone. Here's another one by going on a mission trip. Today, Pastor Brandon is in Alaska. He was up there, he left Thursday, he's going to be back, I think, tonight. He's up there doing a, a pre-service trip, just trying to go up there and finding out, hey, is this where we want to do our next mission trip this summer in Alaska? This might scare some of you all from going, but uh, it was minus 22 whenever he sent us a picture the other night uh, there. Minus 22. He said it got down to minus 27. I said, but hey, dude, you're in a warm building, right? Or a warm car. And he goes, that's right. And so we won't be going during those temperatures. I'm just letting you know that. Because that might deter some of you. But here's the thing. is Maybe you've got to have the courage to go on a mission trip. Some of you have probably felt like God has tugged at your heart to go on a mission trip. Maybe it's to a foreign land. But all of a sudden the media begins to paint all these pictures of what it's like. You go, man, I don't know if I, I, I've got the courage to go. God says go. There's times that we have to be willing to go. You know what? Where it's not safe to share the gospel if we really believe it to be true. And if we believe that, hey, if we breathe our last, we get to go be with him. Then you know what? We don't let, we don't let that hold us in bondage. We don't let fear hold us in bondage. But we go, you know what, man? I know that these people need to hear the gospel, and I'm going to do everything I can to share it. I think about some of the great missionaries throughout life, or throughout the years, that literally have put their life on the line to go share the gospel with those who had not heard it yet. And some of us won't even cross the street to share the gospel. So we've got to be willing to say, God, give me the courage to follow you and to share the good news. And that's, that's the last one there, by sharing your faith. Some of us got to have the courage to share our faith. We want to. We are just afraid that we might push them away. If they're lost, they're already away, right? But we've got to have the courage to say, hey, listen, let, you mind if I share with you about the hope that I have? Let me tell you one of the cool things the other day. We were, I was eating with a, a guy from our church and a couple of our uh, pastors. And a young lady was there, and I asked her, I said, hey, listen, I said, uh, I said, what is your name? She said, Brandy. I said, Brandy, I said, we're fixing to pray for this food. I said, is there, is there anything that we can pray for you? And she said, yes. Yeah. She goes, if you don't mind, pray for my marriage. And she goes, just pray for me uh, in my walk with Christ. I said, awesome. She goes, can I just stand here while y'all pray? I said, absolutely. So we took her hand, and we sat there, and we prayed. And she looked at me. She goes, are you a pastor? I said, I am. And she goes, what church? And I started telling her about it. And I said, or do you have a church home? She said, I haven't been in a while. And here's the thing. You know what? We got to talk about the gospel <clears throat> at Jim and Nick's Barbecue. I'm telling you, there's people everywhere that need to hear it. Your neighbors need to hear it. Your friends need to hear it. Your coworkers need to hear it. You just got to have the courage to share. And we've got to be willing to do that. Look at what it says here. This is Paul writing, and I love this. It says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. What a great statement. Everything else is worthless. He considered it garbage. But look at this. He says, for his sake, 
I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. My faith is in Christ, not in me. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. And I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. That's Apostle Paul writing that. So here's the thing is, Man, we've got to be willing to say, listen, there's nothing that compares to knowing Christ, and there's nothing that compares to someone else knowing Christ. So therefore, we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to be about those things that are eternal. Help me to share my faith with those that are around me. To have the courage to do that. And then here's the other thing. is continue to desire to know Christ more and more each day. And then this next one here, courage to fight. We know that there are battles that take place all around us. We know that there's a spiritual battle that is taking place. This morning I was talking to Daniel. And we were talking about just a couple of things that, you know, uh, that haven't gone right this morning as far as technology or whatever. And, and he goes, man, it's just been like that all week, right? Been that way all week. And I said, you know what? Because God's at work here. Man, Satan's going to do everything he can to come against it in whatever way he can. That's his job. He's the enemy. You know, and so God is moving in the hearts of people. We are seeing people get saved left and right, day, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. So why would the enemy not want to come against that? So we've got to understand there is a battle that rages. There's a battle that is, that is literally going on. But listen to what Paul says here. He says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. I love that. So run from all these evil things. You go and say, well, Mike, I thought you said we were supposed to fight. You're, he's telling him to run. It says to steer clear, to stay away from things. We go back to Joseph. In the Old Testament, man, he, he, he was willing to flee immorality. He was, get, he was getting out of Dodge, man. He wasn't going to stay there. But listen to what he says here. It says, pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Timothy wasn't afraid to go public. Timothy wasn't afraid to let everybody know, you know what, I'm a follower of Christ. I mean, he had declared it, and that's what Paul is commending him about. But he's also saying, hey, listen, fight the good fight. Man, hey, put to death those things that are trying to entangle you, those things that are trying to keep you from being all that God wants you to be. And so we do have to fight against the flesh. As long as we are breathing and, the, you know, this stuff is hanging on our bones, we will battle the flesh. But Paul is saying, hey, fight the good fight. Don't let, don't let the flesh win. Don't, hey, don't give up. Don't, don't kind of uh, let everything just kind of go on. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. Listen to what he's saying again. Th- these are commands. These are directives. Be on guard. Every one of us has a responsibility to guard our marriage. That is married. Every one of us needs to guard our ministry. And I know some of y'all might think, well, Mike, you're in the ministry. No, no. Every believer is called to minister. You know, we have pastors that equip the people for the works of what? Ministry, and that would be you. And so, therefore, you have a ministry, whatever your ministry might be. So, therefore, you should guard your ministry, guard your heart, guard your ministry, guard your marriage. Guard your, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Guard your ministry, because that is how God is using you to make a difference in the lives of others. And, you know, guard your heart. Guard your heart, guard your ministry, and guard your marriage. Because Satan wants to destroy your marriage. We've got a marriage conference coming up. And I know some of you are going, man, I'm too busy. Or that's something else going on that weekend. Maybe you've got dance that weekend. Or maybe you've got volleyball that weekend. Or maybe you've got baseball that weekend. Or maybe you've got something like that. You know what? Invest in your marriage. Be on guard. Protect your marriage. Fight for your marriage. 
by going to a, a marriage conference, by making sure that, you know what, you're doing the things to protect your family and protect your, your marriage. It talks about putting on the whole armor of God here in Ephesians. Most of us are familiar with this passage, and this is the one we go to when we think about spiritual battle and spiritual warfare. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. All right, this is the word of God saying, hey, listen, the enemy is trying to attack us. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will, you, will, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. How many times have we heard that already this morning? Be on guard. Stand firm. Be, be courageous. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For the shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. And put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. And stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And so here, Paul is saying, hey, listen, man, you've got to be prepared for the battle. There is a war that rages against us and against the church. But you know what? Jesus has defeated. He has defeated death. He has defeated the grave. He has defeated Satan in every possible way. And you might say, well, why does he still rage war against us? Because he wants to try to discourage us. He wants to try to take away our hope. And here's the thing, he wants to lead as many as possible away from the truth. So we have get back, got to be willing to be prepared each day by putting on this armor that God tells us to put on. Protecting our heart, protecting our mind. And, and here's the thing, the only offensive weapon in there is the Word of God. We need to know the Word of God so that it can literally cut down some of the battles that are coming against us. There are times that Satan will lie to you and he'll tell you you're not good enough. He'll tell you there's no hope. He'll tell you that you're not going to make it. He'll tell you that, you know what, nobody likes you. And you've got to be willing to take the Word of God and begin to tear down those lies and cut them down. You've got to be willing to say, God, I lean into you. I trust you. And here's another one. Courage to say no. Courage to say no. There are times we've got to be willing to say no to things. The Bible is filled with stories of men and women who had the courage to say no, and God honored them. I think back to a couple of weeks ago when Pastor Daniel was talking, and he was teaching about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were willing to say no. They went, got put into the fiery furnace, but you know what? God delivered them. And the king looked in there, and he said, Hey, didn't we throw three men in there, but now it looks like there's four, and one looks like the Son of God. Jesus was right there in the middle of the fires with them. I think about Daniel, who was told that he couldn't pray to anything but the king for 30 days, and some guys were trying to trap Daniel. And anyway, they find out that, you know, hey, Daniel is still praying to his God. And so they tell the king about it, and they throw Daniel in the lion's den. And the, and the king was trying to find a way to get Daniel out of this, but couldn't seem to pull it off. So he gets thrown in the lion's den. He, they, when they get back the next morning, they roll the stone back. He hollers out to Daniel, Daniel, has your God saved you? I'm here, Lord. He comes walking out. And it says, and then they threw the others in. And before they hit the ground, the lions were tearing them apart. So he's willing to say no. So I'm just telling you, there's times you guys are going to face things that may be popular, but they're not right. You've got to be willing to say no. There are things that seem good, but they're not the best, and you've got to be willing to say no. There'll be things that pull at your calendar, pull at your time, pull at your money, pull at your resources. You've got to be willing to say no. You've got to be willing to say no to yourself. There's times that you're going to desire things that, you know what, that does not honor God. And maybe we go back like Martin Luther and we say, I'm a believer. 
I'm a follower of Christ. I can't be doing this. If I'm following Christ, I can't be following the ways of the world. If I'm following Christ, I can't continue to do what all my buddies are doing because I know it to be wrong. So we've got to be willing to say no. And I think it takes courage to do that. You know, and, and let me just tell you, not everybody's a leader. I get that. Not everybody's a leader. There's some of you that, man, if you were to be honest, you say, man, I'm a follower. If I get in the wrong crowd, I'm going to do what they do. Then here's the thing. You've got to be willing to, be willing to do what God is telling you to do is to be bold, to be courageous, to be confident enough to say no. I'm not going down that road. I'm not going to do what they're doing. And here's the thing. You've got to, maybe some, sometimes you have to look down the road and see where they're headed and go, you know what? I don't want to go there. You've got to put yourself on a path that leads to something different. And then here's the last one. We're done. Courage to let go, to surrender. Sometimes we've got to just let go. There's so many times that we, we want to hold on to something. We want to hold on to, you know, our plan, our goals, our agendas, and rather than saying, God, here's my life. We think we can do better than God. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, I said, I understand, you know, people oftentimes, you know, they, 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 they think about, hey, well, I'll just earn my way to heaven. It's kind of like baptism. Some people think, well, if I get, if I get baptized, that's a work. If you can earn your way to heaven by doing works or deeds, you miss what the gospel is about and what the cross is about. It's by faith that we're saved. It's not by works. So if you're thinking, I'm going to go out here and work harder so that God will like me more, you've missed it. You've missed it today. It's about surrendering and saying, God, here I am. Here I am, God. I give you my life. I give you my future. I give you my everything. And I know a lot of times we say, hey, God, I want you to save my soul, and I don't want to go to hell. But you know what? I still want to be this, or I want to go here, or I want to do that. And what we've got to be willing to say, God, is I give you my life because I trust you more than I trust myself. If we think that we can please a holy God by what we do, how come we can't please ourselves by what we do? Some of you got up and looked in the mirror this morning. You didn't like your hair. You didn't like what you looked like. You feel like you've gained weight. Felt like you've lost too much weight. Whatever. And so here's the thing. You don't like yourself. So if you can't please yourself, how are you going to please the holy God? It's got to be by faith. And it's got to be by complete surrender. And so whenever we, we get to the point of letting go, Here's the thing. It's really whenever God begins to be able to pour everything into us. If we're hanging on to, by, if we're hanging on for dear life to something. Sometimes God says, if you'll just let it go, I'll take care of that. We, we've got to be willing to let it go. I think back to a story of a little girl who had a, who had a little uh, teddy bear, got messed up, was torn up. And so they take it by this doll shop and the guy goes, he goes, yes, I can fix that. And the little girl goes, well, you go ahead and fix it. He goes, no, you're going to have to leave it here. She goes, I'm not leaving here. She, goes, he goes, she said, he said, well, I can't fix it unless you leave it here. And so for some of you, there's things that you're holding on to that you've got to be willing to say, God, I'm going to leave it with you. I'm going to give you this burden. I'm going to give you this marriage. I'm going to give you this child. I'm going to give you this job. God, I'm, I'm going to leave it with you, God, because I, it's killing me. So God, I trust you. I, I lean into you. I trust you. Listen to what it says here. Be, so be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. See, our hope is not in ourself. Our hope is not in our abilities. Our hope is in the Lord. So again, it says, so be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Psalms thirty-one twenty-four. Galatians 2, 20 says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For the Christian, for the believer, it is full surrender. And it's full following. 
that God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow what Jesus has taught us to do. And here's the thing I hope you understand. We can be confident, courageous, and of good cheer because of what Christ has done on the cross. It's not because of anything we've done. It's not because of who we are. It's not because of our, our family of origin or our genetic makeup or whatever. It is only because of what Christ has done that we can be confident, courageous, and of good cheer. Here's a couple of next steps for me today. It says, have the courage to surrender my life to Christ today. Have the courage to surrender. It's hard to let go. I remember a few years ago, I was down here. It used to be called the Wagon Wheel across from uh, Maxwell Air Force Base with a guy who was in the military. And we were sitting there. We were having lunch, and, and I was sharing the gospel with him. And he said, man, I want to give my life to Christ. He said, I want to be saved. And I said, well, dude, I said, I said, you just have to surrender. And he kind of looked down at the table, and he kind of looked back up at me. He goes, it's kind of hard for me. He says, I'm an old GI that has been trained to not surrender. And I thought, that's a good point. He said, it's a great point. I said, but let me just say this. I said, in the war that you're talking about, when you surrender, you lose. He goes, that's right. I said, with Jesus, when you surrender, you win. It's victory. Whew. He gave his life to Christ right there in a the wagon wheel. Changed his life forever. Here's what I love is God wants us to surrender and we win. It's just the opposite of what we've been taught in so many things. And look at the next one here. Have the courage to follow Christ in believer's baptism. It means if He can save your soul, if He can write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, then I would think that we would be able to follow Him in obedience in baptism. Have the courage to do that. Have the courage to step out on faith, whatever that might be for you. I don't know what that is for you today. But there's something that God has said, Hey, listen, I want you to step out. I want you to trust me. I want to do some great things through you. I want to make a difference in the lives of the people around you. I just need you to trust me. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. and Just ask God, God, what are you calling me to step out on? God, what do you want me to do? It takes courage. And just think about how many times today we have read in the Scripture where God is saying to us, Be courageous. Be of good courage. Be of good cheer. Be confident. Be bold. We're not called to be pushovers. There's nothing about the Christian faith that says that we're to be pushovers or complacent. But if anything, we're to be bold and courageous and confident. Not because of anything we bring to the table, but because of Christ and the power of God at work in us that is working through us. And so maybe you're here today and maybe you've been battling with fear. Maybe today you just say, God, I give you the fear. God, I give you the anxiety. God, I give you everything that I've been holding on to, that I've been wrestling with. I give you the burden today. God, I give it to you. I trust you. You're powerful. You're all-powerful. You're all-knowing. God, you knew about what I was dealing with before I walked in the room today. God, you knew that. God, I know that you love me and I know that you care about me. So, God, I surrender this to you. Thank you for caring for me. There may be some of you in this room, you've never put your faith in Christ. You've never surrendered your heart to Him. You've never been born again. I want to give you that opportunity. Just like the opportunity was given to me so many years ago and it changed my life forever, I believe that whenever you put your faith in Christ for salvation, it will change your life. And so it's a simple prayer that I prayed. And I'm going to, I want to walk you through that. 
A simple prayer went like this. It said, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I want to ask you to forgive me. I've messed up. I've blown it. I have been greedy. I've been sinful. I've been lustful. I've lied. I have cheated. God, I've done all these things. I want to ask you, if you will, to forgive me of those sins. And his answer was yes. Still is. He says, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness. He'll wash us clean. Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. That's repentance. I want to, I want to start living for you. And he also says that man, when repentance takes place, there is healing that begins. And there is life that begins. And so there may be some of you in this room that you've confessed your sins. You want to repent. You want to quit living the way you, you've been living. And you're saying, God, here is my life. Will you come and live within me? And his answer is yes. He said, when I went to the cross and my arms were nailed wide open, I was waiting for you. And so I embrace you. Welcome. Come in. Be a part of my family. It's only by faith that we're saved. It's not by works. And so if you today have put your faith in Christ, the Bible says you're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So let me walk you through that prayer one more time. Father, I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me. I want to quit living the way I've been living. That's, that's repentance. And I want to live for you. Jesus, with all the faith that I have, I put my faith in you for salvation. And Jesus, will you come and live within me? His answer is yes. If you just prayed that prayer, would you have the courage to raise your hand and say, Pastor Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room? I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room? That tells me most everybody in this room. I st- raise it one more time. You just raise your hand. If you raise your hand, have the courage to raise it one more time. Took courage. But let me just tell you, your faith is what saves you. That's awesome. I'm proud of you. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Just now listen, I know it takes courage. That's not easy. Anybody else? Right here. Right here. Anybody else? Right here. It takes courage. But here's the thing what saves you is faith. What saves you is faith. There's three people in the room that have raised their hand. So here's here's my question for you. Would you be willing to follow Christ in believer's baptism? He has stepped out. He has been nailed to a cross for your salvation. You can trust Him enough to follow, follow Him. And I'm just telling you, He wants a relationship with you. With everybody's eyes closed and their heads bowed, those of you that raised your hand, if you would, look up here. Right here. If you If you believe what you prayed this morning with all of your heart and you put your faith in Christ, you're His child. You're part of His family. That's what, the, that's what the gospel is all about. Right here. You believe without a shadow of a doubt that Christ lives in your heart? That prayer is your invitation. You're his child. You're part of his family. Right here. If you believe that with all of your heart, it's by faith that we're saved, not anything else. You're his child. Now, I want to ask all three of you to have the courage to follow him in believer's baptism. We're baptizing next Sunday. We want you to be a part of that. And here's the thing. Let us walk with you. All right? We want to walk with you. You don't have to walk alone. We get to walk with you. There's others in this room that God has called you to be courageous about something else. These three had the courage to follow Christ today. What is God calling you to do that He wants you to be courageous and bold and, and to be confident to do? Is it to share your faith, start a ministry, to serve, to open up your home? Then what will you trust Him to do? Father, I thank You for loving us today. God, I thank You for the salvation for these three. God, I thank You that the gospel never gets old. God's salvation, Father, is for everyone who believes, who puts their faith in what Christ has done. God, thank you for that we get to be a part of a church where we see people getting saved left and right. 
But God, help us to take that outside of these walls to every place that we go, that we might be able to lead others to you. God, we love you, and we thank you for the courage, Lord Father, that it takes, that you give us, Lord Father, to walk in this world and be different. God, use us as your vessels. In Jesus' name, amen.